0: Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of The Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild.
1: And I'm Stephen Cook.
0: Are you sure that you're Stephen Cook? I'm fairly certain. Although I had a couple I'm of glasses of wine. I'm looking at you today, I'm like, I'm not sure it's Stephen.
1: <laughs> you I'm haven't tired, been yourself, man.
0: You haven't been yourself lately. You've been stressed. <laughs>
1: That's for sure.
0: You've you've been planning for this bat mitzvah for a long, long Dude. time, but it's it's getting to you.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's We're in the final countdown us, really. and that's the song that keeps going through my head. We uh, are we are thirteen days out and I keep singing uh, The Final Countdown.
0: that Europe. Um, you didn't even give me a chance to name uh, it. How can, did you know? You can't say name that band. Duh. I was talking like, with someone. Was, was I a child of the 80s?
1: <laughs> or Dude. am I a
0: child of the 80s? Uh,
1: you are a child of the 80s. Hey, happy birthday. In, thank you. Happy birthday. Those, fo- those photos on Facebook were outstanding.
0: Yes. My brother, for some odd reason, has found this trove of old family photos and puts them up Periodically on Facebook, which is like, eh, I guess I'm okay with it, but I don't love it. But he found this picture, and you know, just for the audience out there who doesn't know this, my brother and I share a birthday. Totally freaky. One year apart, so we're not twins, but we're Irish twins. You're
1: Jewish twins. We're,
0: we're, we're Jewish twins. Jewish How wonderful! Twins. How wonderful! It's, a mitzvah. it's so nice to be twins. It's the mitzvah. Uh, and, and, and who would have thought? Same birthday. <laughs> Who would have thought you would have the same birthday? It's a age. miracle. I've never, I've never heard of such a thing. But his, you know, this was a monumental birthday for him, yes. not for me. Yes. Um, so he posted these pictures of the two of us. I think it was probably at my. Third
1: birthday. It was a great picture. Yeah, I still can't get over it.
0: Enormous yarmulkes in the Why are we wearing yarmulkes at a birthday celebration? Why is there
1: fancy china on the table? I know. Why are there candlesticks, but candles, but not on the cake? I don't get it. There
0: are a lot of unanswerable questions. It's crazy. It's the early seventies.
1: I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You guys' birthdays coincided with. Shabbat and that was like Shabbat dinner birthday
0: or or Rosh Hashanah or or something yeah yeah. Yeah, it could have been (laughs) uh, so then we reenacted that
1: photo last night but it wasn't the same there was no china there were no no candlesticks on the table you guys were you guys wearing yarmulkes and I couldn't we put them on. Oh, I, was rubbing, like, I was rubbing, I was <laughs> rubbing sleep out of my eyes when I saw. No, it. we put I was the like, oh on
0: just so we could try to recreate as much of it as possible. But you know, there was no fine china, <laughs> there were no candlesticks. We're, you know, we're not. Times are tough around
1: here, man. <laughs> I love times finding those, going through those old photos of the family. It's hilarious. I, a couple of years ago, I posted all those photos from my bar mitzvah. Totally hilarious.
0: Yeah oh yeah you had the good hair oh back my god parents,
1: and I was standing like in my parents backyard but people were like are you standing in front of like a screen
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was the first green screen it was like the, the first green <laughs> in your parents backyard in the 70s and then they like, the like
1: posed photos in my parents <laughs> living room the room that you were never allowed to go into <laughs> I was like wow this is what it's like in this room <laughs> I never knew what that living room was like I never knew what it was like don't go in that room <laughs> so so yeah, you must be
0: in full on looking at old picture mode for the montage. Dude, the inevitable montage. The montage
1: done. Nice. It's been done for weeks. Thanks to our yeah, good okay. friend Dina Ecker, who rocks the house. Big shout out to Dina Ecker. E- Editor extraordinaire. She is. She awesome. Just she yeah. did a terrific, terrific job. I'm really excited about but that. Sh-
0: but you know, you have a lot of hard choices to make for that montage. <laughs> Dude, it was. Some a- people don't make the cut. <laughs> you, Some people don't make the cut.
1: You you ended up on the cutting room floor.
0: Yeah, you know it's okay when adults. <laughs> you know, I'm an, I'm an adult. I'll be okay. I'm not gonna
1: walk out of that party and be like, man, I
0: didn't even get in the montage. What the
1: hell? <laughs> And you got to have, like, even numbers of everybody. but Oh, like, my God. Right? It's such
0: a political decision. Oh, my that God. You know, well, what about these cousins? And what about that friend? Oh and what about that? And dude, is dude. there one grandparent who's in it more than the other grandparent? I know. And, uh, we got six wow. nanas,
1: six nanans, six pops, six papas.
0: This is a joke. Ju- five Auntie jungle. Julie's, five uh,
1: Auntie Amy's, five yeah. un- Uncle Glenn, five Uncle Sam's. You know. Don't forget, she's got her friends. She's got, got her friends. friends. Oh my God! Friends,
0: camp friends, school friends. What about this? These friends? <laughs> Ballet friends. Paint. softball
1: friends. Friends and from you New York. Know, exactly. And you
0: know that every kid sitting in that room is looking for themselves. They're like, "Hey,
1: where am I?" I know.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I remember Atalia's bat mitzvah. One of her friends saw herself. I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> like
1: jumped up, literally yelled, "Yes!" <laughs> Wait a, yes! a second. Why, 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 they're 13. They don't need a movie about themselves. I don't understand. Meanwhile, I started this project in June. We dropped in the camp and I pulled out, we, and it's Maddie. So we have pictures in every medium. We have actual photographs. We have photos on our phones. We have photos on our old phones. We have photos on Snapfish. We have photos online. We have... It was and video. And And it's our first kid. There must be fifty thousand photos of that. No question.
0: Yeah, especially since when she was born, it was right at you know the beginning of the the revolution in photo technology. So I'm quite certain that you have her first year,
1: if not more, in real time. (laughs) It's crazy. Although I will (laughs) tell you that our photos, our family photos, just the the Stephen Lauren Maddie Mia photos. (laughs) fall into one of only like three or four categories. It is uh, skiing the beach on the couch here in Maryland or on the couch at my in-laws' house on Martha's Vineyard. End of story. That's the only photos I have of the kids. They're they're not doing anything else.
0: There's like like a ballet here a
1: ballet there. But other than that, skiing beach, couch, couch.
0: I look at every one of these montages that I go, you know, yeah. when we go to Asimcha, I look simcha. at every, I look at every montage and I say the same thing to myself. These kids have the best lives <laughs> It's ever. unbelievable. You go from vacation, to <laughs> swimming pool, to beach, to trampoline, back to vacation. Like, these are the best lives <laughs> in the ever. history of humanity.
1: <laughs> ever.
0: I mean, we, we didn't have it so bad ourselves, but our kids, like... It's ridiculous. I don't know. The mean streets ridiculous. of you Long
1: Island, man. That's true. It was rough. I mean, you
0: you were you had a rough upbringing, obviously. Mm. Uh, the mean streets, but man. These kids, these kids have the best <laughs> lives. Ever, I totally Ever. do,
1: and like they really do. It's not, it's not photos of them skiing at Holiday Mountain and wherever, wherever, New York. It's them skiing in Deer Valley. <laughs> right. <laughs> Their
0: biggest concerns is where are we going to go skiing this year? Are, are we going to go? Are we going to go out west? <laughs> Are we gonna? It's really. I'm kind of bummed out because my family's not going skiing out west this year. <laughs> <laughs> the conditions <laughs> weren't so <laughs> good. I know. Yeah, so. I'm really upset. I'm upset. I'm upset.
1: So anyway, yeah. So now we're we're getting into like the silly, the silly last two weeks stuff. But I told Our you tensions are running high. <laughs> oh my and God. Nerves and nerves are frayed beyond <laughs> beyond. L- Lauren said to me twice yesterday, "Why are you screaming at me?" Like I'm not screaming, I'm
0: just talking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I went yesterday to the greatest place on earth. I went to it's like the Costco of Wine. It was Costco of Wine. Yeah, it's a place called Total Wine. And it was amazing. Wine. And the reason why I went, I don't know if I told you this story, the original plan was for the Friday night before the mitzvah.
0: The was ba- it,
1: the, ba- the Friday night before, we were going to have a, you know, small family Shabbat dinner at our Sounds house. Sounds lovely. With, Sounds you know, lovely. my mom, my sister, the fellas, my in-laws, my sister-in-law, and my nieces. And, the, you know, it was going to be like 15 people, right? Wait, what, what fellas? Seth and Justin are no longer boys. Oh, oh, the, 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 the nephews. <laughs> I mean... The nephews. <laughs> the nephews. The, the fellas, And Justin... Yeah. Justin's not oh. even 15. I think the size suit he bought was like 44. The kid's just dude. giant. Yeah,
0: he's a big dude. He's a big dude.
1: Anyway. Yeah. Um, so my mom calls like a month, six weeks ago, and she's like, listen. And I'm, Can I'm, you
0: do the accent if you're
1: going to? No, 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 <laughs> no, because she listens, and she's going to be mad at me. Anyway. Don't get your mother mad at <laughs> you. So be respectful. She Steve. calls and she says, "Listen, my friends are coming to the bat mitzvah, and you know how everything—nothing is Maddie or Madeline's bat mitzvah. It's just the bat mitzvah.
0: Well, it's hers, really,
1: right? And hers is mitzvah. <laughs> Growing up, if like we okay. were going to like one of her friends' kids' bat mitzvah, it was always her friend's bar our bar mitzvah. Right. So Nobody like ever Jeffrey it. Stein's yeah. bar mitzvah was Susan's." It's the affair. We're going
0: it's the to affair. It
1: was a very nice affair. Anyway, so she calls and she's like, my friends are coming, including Susan Stein. And they're coming down on a Friday night and they're, you know, it, it's, this is very nice. They're making a long trip. Everybody's getting on in years and so on and so forth. And I can't not feed them. So, really? and I'm like, ma, we were planning on having a, a small Shabbat dinner at home and she's like, Well, I can't eat my friends, so maybe I'll just take them to a restaurant. And like, I don't really think she ever intended that. And so by the end of this phone call <laughs> She never intended that, but she by the end of her. this phone call. And needless to say, we're having fifty two people in our house on Friday. Nice.
0: <laughs> so this is this is a textbook definition of mitzvah creep. <laughs> You start out by saying, This is our budget, this is what we're doing, and then by the end it's like you keep throwing money at things, you keep adding people to the thing. It's like, you know, the next thing you know, you're stuck in the quagmire of Vietnam for seven no, years I've like, is- raised
1: money I'm selling chalas to the Iranians. I mean it's fucking nuts. This is mitzvah creep, right? It's there. mitzvah creep.
0: So oh now so we're having my mom's friends are coming
1: in. My mom's friends, are coming, before, in. my friends all- are coming in. My in-laws friends are coming in, and extended family that's coming in. And my a catered dinner. Now, I wanna I wanna be absolutely clear. I don't wanna misrepresent anything. Okay. After we discussed this, Nana stepped up and she's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna fund this 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 little endeavor.
0: Because there's always money to be found for Mitzvah Creek. Because there's like some secret subcommittee that exists that the budget becomes unlimited
1: somehow. Because I'm telling you, we were selling challahs to the Iranians or getting money yeah. from the Saudis or something. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But there are always foreign sources of funds available for Mitzvah Creek. Yep. 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 Yeah, that's what happens. However, you need to understand that with those foreign sources of funds, you lose a little bit of your sovereignty.
1: (laughs) I have no sovereignty here. You lose a
0: little sovereignty because some of the decision-making is taken out of your hands because... You know the rules, the golden rule. Be, he, he who has the gold makes the rules. The only, the only so, thing that I've
1: had sovereignty, the only thing I've had any authority on is, is the montage. And even then, even then, yeah. I, you know, I got displaced a couple of times in terms of which pictures. Yeah, so well, I'm just I carrying out course. orders at this point.
0: Oh, so that's your defense? <laughs> <I'm just following laughs> I was just orders. following
1: orders. I'm just following you're gonna orders. You're going to come up to me, you're going to come up to me at the moment and be like, I was just following orders. I'm You're like sorry. this is the locks? Yeah. I was like I'm just following orders.
0: Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> I'll be like Stephen, Costco whitefish, haven't we talked about this?
1: I'll
0: be like, dude, I was
1: just following orders. Speaking of just following I, orders. Yes. The Trump administration. What is going to happen with all these people when they leave the Trump administration? Are they going to say I really want a job at your think tank law firm, lobbying firm, media outlet. I was just following orders.
0: I think part of that is true. I think the other part, the larger part, is going to be people who are going to say, I really wasn't a supporter of his.
1: Right, that op-ed in the Times is going to give people cover. I was an adult. I was trying to... You know, protect the country. Blah blah blah. It's blah.
0: like it's like France after World War II, where everybody was in the resistance. <laughs> right, right. Yet somehow they were under Nazi occupations <laughs> for, <laughs>
1: for four years. It's like in the, in, the in, in in Egypt, everybody was everybody was actually a reformer. After the uprising, right. you'd go and talk to like henchmen of the old regime. They're like, oh, I was a reformer for twenty five years. I was trying exactly. to reform from the inside. Okay, exactly. right.
0: So <laughs> there are going to be very few people. It's going to be very funny when Kellyanne Conway tries to get a job. <laughs> well, she's going to get customers. a job at Fox.
1: Like so. Yeah, well, so Sarah Huckabee Sanders, those people, they're all just going to go and get big contracts at Fox. But right, I'm, that's true. I'm thinking true. of I'm thinking of people who are in like. You know, people have been appointed in the in the national security field. Um, you know, what are they going to? I don't know. I don't know. My where
0: does where does Stephen Miller go after this? <laughs> I mean, he'll probably he's going to go run Stormfront.
1: What is, isn't that? Or,
0: or yeah, Stormfront, or he'll set up his own extreme right wing political party and be an agitator for the rest of his life.
1: That fucking guy. He's a bad dude. His own rabbi went after him. His, yeah, his I don't uncle, think his cares. rabbi, he doesn't give a I
0: don't, shit. I don't think he cares that his ex-rabbi, because if you read that article yeah. where the rabbi went after him like in public, that his family has not been a member yeah. of that congregation for a long time. I, but still. So they don't care. I mean, I would love to interview Stephen Miller's parents. Mm. Do you know you have a walking Shonda <laughs> like, so, obviously, like, that's, the that's you know, that's one question. But the other question is, so what do you think that's right. about your son? Are you proud of him? You know,
1: it's funny, because my mom, my mom always said, "It's she's like, I love you unconditionally, but if you did something horrible and terrible, I would be so disappointed. I would be beyond myself. We would be, your father and I would be, I think we might have discussed this before, even on, on Encore, like, how, like... My parent, if if I had the views of Stephen Miller, not even in a senior government position, if I just had those views, as a human as being, a human being, <laughs> yeah. they would be beyond themselves, angry with me.
0: Right. Okay. So now you multiply that by, right. you know, a know. factor of ten, and what? Like, what do those parents think? You know, they always read about like he grew up in liberal Santa Monica, right. California. And he went to you know whatever, but like okay, so where are the parents? Right. Like, what do they think? Oh, they don't agree with him. Okay, right? Really? Really? You didn't pay for his condo the, in Washington, right? D. Exactly. City?
1: He lives in this sweet building in Georgetown. It's probably yeah. a million dollar apartment. Yeah.
0: A government salary. A government
1: salary. Yeah. And before that, he worked for Jeff Sessions, the Grand Dragon himself. The grand is it Grand yes. Dragon? What is it? It's not, grand Wizard. It's the, it's the Grand Ranger. I keep calling it Grand Dragon. I don't It's it's, so, it's the Grand Pooh Do you remember the Grand, the grand the Pooh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jeff Sessions is after the, the music for
1: Brontosaurus burgers. <laughs> oh, seriously.
0: <laughs> he's a key, he's the Keebler elf. If you ever see <laughs> ads for Keebler cookies, Jeff Sessions has a side gig <laughs> as the spokesman. The for president Keebler. calls
1: him Mr. Magoo. I don't know. He looks much more like the Keebler elf than Mr. Magoo.
0: He's, I mean, you know, in the battle between the president and Mr. Magoo, there are no, I mean, like, there's there no, no side yeah, to take. Yeah, no care. side. No who, side. You know, who, oh, you're going to be like, oh, I feel really badly for Jeff Sessions? Jeff no. Sessions.
1: He's a grand no. wizard, grand dragon. He is Grand he's Poobah. The grand
0: poobah. He's a dick. He's, he's a t- racist asshole. <laughs> I hope they and all like be- we're supposed to we're supposed to feel badly for him like oh he's he's protecting uh, okay Robert but this Mueller. kind of like
1: crazy you know we're going to you know now we're we're we are now have more children in detention than actually ever before. But this this kind of crazy policies, these kinds of things that are such utter just they run so directly counter to our values. Extends to, to foreign policy as well. I mean, look at what they're doing to the Palestinians. Now, the Palestinians obviously have a lot to answer for, but they cut off $25 million worth of funding to a number of East Jerusalem hospitals where Palestinians in the West Bank uh, and with special permission, Gaza go for cancer treatment. For Crazy. cancer treatment, dude! And-
0: and then, and then Jared Kushner says that punitive measures <laughs> will help bring the Palestinians right, right. This closer is, to right. peace. There's
1: this whole thing, and it is... There's there's something in Congress called the Israel Victory Caucus. And the intellectual father of the Israel Victory Caucus is a guy named Daniel Pipes who runs something called the Middle East Forum in Philadelphia. Right. Um, and Pipes' idea is is that you have to convince the palestinians of their utter defeat so that they will so that they will submit and then they will negotiate more seriously cuz up till now they haven't because they've been quote unquote showered with aid from the international community it's given them options now hey my view is there is no solution the Israelis are gonna annex it. If I was a Palestinian leader, I would say, let's dissolve the Palestinian Authority. The Israelis wanna occupy, make it their responsibility, it's not gonna be ours, even though the Palestinian Authority is a is basically a, a now a patronage arm. It keeps people employed, they get checks and so on and so forth. But to to suggest that the Palestinians are not aware, especially the Palestinians in Gaza, of their of, of their defeat, right. is bizarre. But and what it does is it underestimates this kind of important factor in pater- Palestinian identity, which is two factors, steadfastness and resistance. This, this is not going to make the Palestinians say, oh, okay, now that you've cut off funding for cancer treatment, now that you've closed the PLO office, who gives a shit in Washington? Now that you've done all of these punitive measures, now we're going to negotiate?
0: No. Right. Well, I mean, as you just said it yourself, right? So if, if the PA is just a patronage uh, you know they, they benefit from all this largest from around the world and they're all Especially getting fat the and comf- Right, and getting fat and comfortable on this. So the idea is if you cut it off, then you will make them submit. So not gonna happen you're gonna dry, you're gonna dry out the PA, you're gonna Eliminate money coming into it's, the West Bank
1: and Gaza, it's bullshit. It's, and
0: that, and you think you're going to basically choke them to the point
1: of submission? Right. It may so very well idea. be. It may very well be that Daniel Pipes does be, genuinely believes this and believes that this will bring about a more fruitful negotiation. I actually know him. Um, yeah. I have, uh, and in interest of full disclosure, when I was a grad student, I contributed to his journal. Um, but hold that against you. the the I don't believe that the people who are kind of carrying out this policy, Jared Kushner, Jason Greenblatt, David Friedman, the ambassador. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe these people are actually interested in a genuine negotiation. They're interested in enabling. Israeli annexation of the West Bank.
0: Right, they're interested in some Palestinian submission, submission, they, and then and they talk about economic
1: this. peace, which is or confederation with Jordan. First of all, confederation with Jordan, Palestinians and and Jordanians, not Israel. Confederation with Jordan is this old dead idea. There hasn't been a new idea in Arab-Israeli conflict thinking in I, I, I think in fifty since, years since
0: Oslo, maybe.
1: <laughs> And right, that was the one new idea, and right. you'll see how that got. And in Oslo, the number of Israel, during Oslo, the number of Israeli settlers in the West Bank actually doubled. So it, you, you can't blame the Palestinians for thinking of it as a ruse. Um, I mean, twenty five years ago, Oslo. Yeah. I mean, we were discussing this the other day. You were saying that you, right. you they, they were saying, "Oh no, no, it's all going to be done by 1999." Like the Israeli, right. those that those was, Israeli negotiators at the time believed that.
0: Right. It was in. The, it was written but, into the agreement. But how
1: did? But how did people like Joel Singer? How did he? Even during that period, the number of settlers was increasing. How did they you know, square that with the idea that? Na- you know it was going to be done by 1999
0: because they even though the settlements continued yeah i think they really believed that there was goodwill on both sides and there was the negotiators got along and there was this documentary that's been on hbo this week about about oslo and it really brought me back to those days and it reminded me of you know, part of the narrative was the, the negotiators became good friends with one another. I, I know, so but they it's like an analytical like, leap, like
1: and Joel Singer, like, broke bread together they, to the fact right, that... Right, but,
0: but they got along, and they learned to um, get to know the other as human beings, and that goodwill, they thought, was going to translate into Palestine, the Palestinians and Israelis having the same kind of goodwill and affection for one meanwhile, another. Meanwhile, the settler annexationists
1: happened. were given... Were, G- given basically free, I mean, that was the politics that they confronted at the time, especially a but left of center sides, government.
0: But both sides refused to confront the right. extremists. In and their so members.
1: it was this classical, classic case where extremists undermine the moderates. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's
0: what it is. And now and there are no longer is, any moderates. That's true.
1: That is true. Where is all Singer these days? Washington, D.C.,
0: lives in Washington, D.C.
1: Right. And the guy, yeah. the guy who runs the PLO office is a young guy, capable. People really like him in D.C. But yeah. what is the what? What's the PLO office. I mean, people are like, "Oh my God!" They closed the PLO. It's like, so what? Not because I'm. Uh, I think that this is a, a proper approach to to this problem. But uh, it, there is no negotiation. There is no process. Right. There is no two state solution. There hasn't been one in true. years. It's true. Really,
0: since. Rabin's assassination and since yeah. Netanyahu became the prime minister for the first time in 1996, with the exception of that short period where Ehud Barak was prime right. minister and there was some more progress. Right. And then there until was. Until they hit a wall. There was
1: that moment but where. Has, where um, a, in 2008, Abbas rejected a proposal from. Um, what's his name? Albert. From Albert. Ehud Olmert.
0: Yeah, but and if you look at, you know, the history of this, you just said 2008, Palestinians rejected uh, a proposal from the Israelis. And I just said Ehud Barak in 1999, Palestinians rejected uh, a proposal from the Israelis. So when, you know, if you're in this extreme pro-Israel camp, you right. say Palestinians mm-hmm. are rejectionists right. all the time.
1: Right. I think that the the, the problem with a lot of these proposals and is what I have said is that... They never, they, they never meet the minimum requirements of what the Palestinians can accept, not because they're rejectionists, but because they have their own politics. So, you know, the Israelis cook this stuff up, and they say, okay, and, they, and the Americans say, okay, this looks good, and without thinking about the, the Palestinian pol- politics of this, which is never going to allow the Palestinians to, to say, yes, their, their politics is too tough, just like now— the Israeli, po- Israeli politics, just too tough for those What kind do you mean c- now? What well, do you mean I now? Mean,
0: R- Rabin was killed in 1995. No, I, mean, now, I
1: mean now, like, if there were to be a proposal now, there would right, a new was proposal, a proposal from then. the Americans. So this peace process, this peace yeah. plan that, um, that Jared Kushner allegedly has based on, you know, forcing the Palestinians to submit— is not, not gonna is is going to be a dead letter both for the Israelis and the Palestinians. Ehud Olmert's proposal in two thousand eight, Ehud El- El- Barak's proposal in 2- in nineteen ninety nine. These things were never going to get anywhere on the Israeli side as well. So it's all the same now as well as then. That it's it's a dead letter. Meanwhile, in Washington, there's the two state industrial complex. People cannot; right. they're unwilling to think creatively. Well, and the answer is. Well, well, what's your alternative? I was like, well, well... What is the alternative? The alternative is... And they're like, what's your alternative solution? Am I, I don't have an alternative solution, but I can see that there is nothing based on the two-state solution that, that is possible. So what we're looking at is, in this stalemate, is essentially Israeli annexation of, of the West Bank. That's it. Uh, That's it. There's no solution. With that. no
0: solution. No solution. There is an that. outcome. I asked you, I remember years ago, I mean, you know, it, probably 10 years ago, you and I were talking about this. And, and I 10 said, years so, ago, I what? said, there's
1: no solution, right?
0: No, and Right. And I said, so what does it look like? And you know what you told me? You said, it looks like, it will look like what Lebanon looks like, that the people who have options are going to leave. And the moderates are going to leave, and what you're going to be left with on both sides are extremists, and that
1: well, is a recipe for disaster. I think that I think I'll I'll amend that.
0: Okay, and go I'll ahead. say
1: the moderates are there. Are no moderates left in uh, who of any substance, any chance uh, to forge any kind of compromise with Palestinians, that's gone that's been gone since Rabin's assassination and Netanyahu was elected Um, and I think you see some manifestations of this, you have people like Joel Singer living in the United States you have also the kind of weight of that kind of Tel Aviv, Israel integrated into the world who are kind of tuned out from this whole thing but even then, even then you have people who say, "Well, the Palestinians are rejectionists, or whatever." The Israeli electorate really has lurched in this rightward direction. They're not right. radicals, but it provides an opportunity for radicals because of the makeup of the Israeli of the Israeli government. But I don't see them leaving. I mean, I don't know. I haven't right. been well, to, I haven't been what? back because to life, Israel in a couple of years.
0: Too, life is too good for them to leave. I mean, it's they have not paid any economic price right. for not having peace. Just the opposite. Right. They are doing extremely well. Right. The Palestinians, on the other hand, are doing worse and worse. Right. I mean, what was the, it? the Israelis have no incentive
1: right. to change the status quo. Right. It's like what Anthony Bourdain said, the worst thing that's been done to the Palestinians. Actually, he said the worst thing we did to the Palestinians was rob them of their humanity. And in Gaza in particular, there are pockets of the West Bank, I mean— like I said, Ramallah, the Palestinian Authority, has been a good source of of money for right. for for people there, and that's EU and US money that's been kind of doled out. But uh, that's not to say that uh, this is a, this is a, a, a positive situation. But yeah, no, Israelis aren't aren't leaving. What I would say is now is that you have some version. Of the status quo in which the Palestinians are essentially kind of locked up. Uh, the Israelis have built infrastructure to reduce the contact with them. And, infras- contact. Exactly. And, and built infrastructure to surveil those who are permitted within the green line because yeah. they're labor. And uh, that's it. That's it. Well,
0: here's here, the, the status quo will change though when. The results of the new American policies become evident. And as the Palestinians get poorer and more desperate, then the chances of uh, something happening maybe are going to increase. Maybe. I mean, but I think you will have this mean, periodic violence with Gaza, but maybe. Right. I don't mean something diplomatically. I mean a violent outburst. No, I,
1: and, I, and my, my view is maybe. <clears throat> You know, yeah. people predicted that the sky would fall when they moved the embassy to Jerusalem. There were some protests, but it yeah, didn't but it materialize. Didn't, you're, right. Mm-hmm. you're
0: right. But at some point, it's, if enough people get desperate enough, then something's going to happen.
1: I think that's. I think it's possible. I think um, you know these kinds of things do play into the Hamas's narrative because Hamas has always said, has always said that negotiation with Israel is a ruse. It is uh, a, a it is a way in which the Israelis can uh, advance their interests. They don't pay any price uh, for right. these negotiations, and have right. and the idea that you know the Palestinian Authority has become basically a security arm. Because this is the Hamas narrative, and that there there hasn't been good faith negotiations. The Israelis and the Americans are are. are are out to undermine Palestinians' rights. And so, I mean, you know, this is aside from the fact that, you know, Hamas is this violent organization that wants to destroy Israel. And when they talk about occupied territory, they mean all of Israel. That goes without saying. But closing, moving the embassy, closing the PLO office, cutting funding from hospitals, all says, you see, we were right. The only, the only response to this Is resistance, and we've been we've been right all along, and so yeah. I mean, I think that's entirely possible. Meanwhile, that doesn't
0: sound wrong at all.
1: Meanwhile, hasn't happened yet. I don't think anybody should take comfort from that.
0: No, because I think there will be a tipping point. It has to. Something's got to give at some
1: point. I think so. It's going to happen. Right. This is not sustainable. It's just not sustainable. Anyway, but this is this is all part of this. Crazy Trump worldview. Like I, 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 can appreciate the fact that the, you know an administration comes in, they want to do things differently. Things haven't worked in the past, but this right. administration, and every turn, has made things worse.
0: Well, where is better it better? Where is it better? We have peace with North Korea, don't we? <laughs> Wait, they, no. didn't they, de- they, they denuclearize? No. Trump said they, so. They,
1: they just accused the United States of a smear campaign. But the president said, look, they had a parade, and they didn't parade their missiles around. So oh, that was so a good so good.
0: So, I mean, we're making America Yeah, because great. they
1: put all the missiles Again, back in their silos to shoot at us. Um, I can't America think of one thing that this administration has done that's good. That on the foreign policy front, that has been a positive. I mean, regardless of how you felt about the previous administrations, whether it was the Obama administration or Bush administration, you figure by year two, you can think of at least one thing. I mean, W's administration still- set aside Iraq. W's administration did extraordinary things in Africa in AIDS. It's hard uh, to set aside Iraq, though. Uh, uh, a, you can't really set it aside. Yeah. But what I'm saying yeah. is that there was something positive there.
0: No, because we're, we're focusing on our country, not the world. We're making <laughs> America, America great, great again. Right. And the rest of the world can go pound sand.
1: Right,
0: and all right.
1: All right. We didn't even discuss th- Puerto Rico. We will. Yeah.
0: All right. There are there are a lot of things we didn't discuss, <laughs> but you know, we only have a certain amount of time. Well, we had
1: to talk about Mitzvah creep. <laughs> that's. I mean, really, there's nothing bigger going on in the world. I mean, you know, it's creep. crazy. Like, I sat and down to write great. to write my column, and I was like, Oh, I got to get my head in this because I've I, I, I gotta go, got to go like do great. something. Yes. I got to think about something bat Mitzvah related. You're suffering from Mitzvah creep. All right. right. Let's Go it. back to planning Episode your Episode two, season three is in the books.
0: Go back to planning your Bob All right.
1: That's what I'm doing this afternoon.
0: And get your shine, Bob. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.